0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's time for Atlanta Business Radio spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. And we are back
1: broadcasting live from the Georgia State University Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute. Lee we've uh, we've hit the home stretch man we got the headliners with us here in episode four, huh? The innovators. This is going to be a lot of fun. First up in this episode, please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Chief Innovation Officer with Georgia State University,
2: Mr. Phil Ventimiglia. How are you, man?
1: I'm
0: doing very well. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, Phil, before we get too far into things, tell us about being Chief Innovation Officer. What does that job entail?
0: Sure. So um, a little over five years ago, my role was created to really drive what the future of the university is in this digitally connected 21st century world. So like a lot of industries, and I'm sure you're talking about this with other innovators, higher ed has been, has been and is being disrupted by technology. And so my role is responsibility for all the technology on the campus, but more than that is to go help drive the strategy and execution for how higher education is changing because of those dis- disruptions in technology. So now uh, when
1: you start this job, how do you even begin like, do you have to get the lay of the land to see where they are as an organization and then to kind of marry what's happening around the world and
0: seeing how you can get them going? Absolutely. So I had um, some experience uh, creating a, a school in uh, Hyderabad, India, uh, I lived there with my family a couple of years ago and um, and to go and enable the learning experience for them, we leveraged a lot of technology, a lot of uh, what we, we call hybridization, both in-class and online uh, technology. So I had enough to be dangerous, but the most important tool... Uh, in any sort of innovation initiative, especially in the beginning, is a really comfortable set of shoes. And so um, a lot of times, spending walking around downtown Atlanta and the Georgia State campus talking to a lot of the folks uh, around campus about what's going on, how are they thinking about the future of uh, teaching and learning, how are they thinking about the future of the research they're doing, and how is technology enabling that, or how can technology help them solve problems? And... In my experience in innovation, a lot of the, the great ideas, they already exist. It's about listening to them, synthesizing them, and then helping them um, come to fruition. And so uh, so that's really what I spent the first uh, couple months doing is spending a lot of time wearing through a, a really uncomfortable pair of shoes, finding some really great um, soft-soled shoes, uh, and, uh, and spending a lot of time on the campus.
1: Now, are you finding that just the concept of a university and a campus – those are kind of moving targets nowadays. Like it isn't maybe a campus isn't what it used to be where you would go to some, you know, rural setting and then it would be by itself and there'd be a college town and now like a Georgia State University, you know, it's beyond it the, the even the walls of Atlanta.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and Georgia State is is uh, an urban uh, university, like you mentioned, so there are no uh, no physical walls, like, you know, where does the university start, where does it end, and now via technology, you know, that becomes even more blurred, because, you know, we're enabling things like simulcast classrooms, where you can have students sitting in the classroom physically, or they could be sitting in a library, they could be sitting in their dorm room and still participating, just as if they are there physically, so those, those lines are blur- blurring, particularly for an urban campus like ourselves.
1: Now, are you finding from a a leadership standpoint, the professors even, um, how are they able to leverage this digital world? And um, the skills to teach in a classroom might be different than this teach via, you know, the internet or Skype or one of these kind of virtual settings. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, well, we have a lot of faculties, as you'd imagine, especially the new faculty that have grown up with technology. And so they come to the university expecting to go and leverage technology and the integration of technology into their, their classes and their, their, um, learning environments. And so we work with them, uh, Quite heavily in all the initiatives that we have. And we have an organization uh, called the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning that provides all the resources that they would need to go and take advantage of um, redesigning their classes, driving uh, new initiatives, um, and uh, uh, doing everything from recording classes, all the software that they would need, instructional design, um, all the learning spaces. Um, And one of the first initiatives that we really took up uh, on the campus was an initiative on digital literacy. Um, Through that, walking around campus and and doing a lot of uh, just interviews and listening, uh, what I found is that there was this big gap in terms of the students' skills in digital technologies, which was a little bit of a – Uh, a conundrum because we all assumed, and it is true that um, this generation of students have been born with a cell phone uh, in their hand you know, from the day they uh, came out of the womb. Um, But that doesn't mean that they have all the skills needed to actually leverage that technology in an academic and then a professional setting. And so we found that there was this disconnect between what the expectation of the faculty was uh, and some of the skills that our students had. And so um, we started an initiative to go drive digital literacy skills into the core curriculum with in conjunction with the faculty, right? We, we brought them into that process. It came out of discussions with them and, and really rethought what is digital literacy and, you know, what it's not is teaching PowerPoint and Excel. You know, what it is is how do we prepare students to leverage all the digital tools that are available to them? um, And then not only know how to use them, but actually put them together in new ways to create solutions to the problems they have. Now,
1: is the is part of the gap that because these kind of digital natives have been using this technology, there's a lot of shorthand that they use and they're communicating with their friends in a
0: certain manner that maybe doesn't translate um, to the professional world? Um, in a way, the way I like to describe it is... Um, for someone who's of a, a different generation, unfortunately, like myself, we used to talk about the consumerization of technology, right? And that we were introduced to technology um, primarily in the workplace and in the class in the classroom. And then we had to figure out, well, how do we use this Facebook thing, you know, in our personal lives? What does that really do? And uh, and so, there was a lot of time in the technology field talking about the consumerization of technology. Well, we have the reverse of that with the these digital natives. They've always known technology from a consumer standpoint. But the idea of using it um, in a professional setting to use it for work is a little bit new and and sort of a, a funny but sort of real example is, you know, a student that very, very quickly can go figure out how to find on social media that person that they met at the bar or the club the night before, you know, they are great at doing that type of research. But asking them to go do academically sound research, that's just not native to them. That's something they haven't done before. And so we can't just expect them, hey, to know how to go and, and, and filter out you know, true academic research online. And so those are the type of skills we want to go enable them to learn and uh, and be able to, again, create digital solutions to real-world problems. So now how does that
1: fit into the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute?
0: So one of the ways that um, really that to make that effective is you drive it into the curriculum, but then you really want to have projects right experiential learning right working on real life projects and and doing that to go and and create those solutions drive innovations and so the entrepreneurship and innovation institute is one area of experiential learning so one of the things that's really important and we're driving in conjunction with digital literacy is experiential learning and project-based learning opportunities on the campus and so entrepreneurship clearly you know a big uh avenue for experiential learning um, and working on real projects. So that's, that's one of the big uh, opportunities for that type of learning. There's others uh, such as an initiative that we're starting this fall, which we've named EPIC, which stands for experiential um, project-based interdisciplinary um, curriculum where we'll be embedding real-life projects uh, into the freshman curriculum uh, that they can go work on uh, with a, a team of students uh, and then the goal of that, that those projects could then continue over the course of their, their, their college career culminating in a, um, a, a research project in their senior year. So now who'd you bring with you today? So I brought, um, Tiffany Green Abdullah, um, from our center for excellence in teaching and learning. And Tiffany, um, in the early days when I, after I finished that listening tour and wanted to embark on this, uh, this crazy idea to introduce digital literacy into the core curriculum and, and do a pilot on it, I said I need someone who's going to be able to um, lead that and and drive that project and uh, and I um, voluntold uh, uh, <laughs> Tiffany uh, to That's lead. That's called leadership. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, a great um, management technique um to to come help me uh, and and project manage and, and drive the initial initiative and and Tiffany has a, a background in instructional design um, She was in our, our, our project management team uh, within the technology organization um, but her her true love is in. Uh, teaching and learning and structural design and uh, and really enabling students to be successful and so um, so she embarked on that journey with me. We it was very, very successful, and eventually um, that morphed into our current role, where she is um, director of um, and i 'll let her introduce the entire title because i am sure i 'll screw it up, um, but basically director of um, student communities and um, and involvement and is driving a variety of activities. Uh, to really enable experiential learning and digital literacy uh, amongst our student body. Welcome, Tiffany.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: So, t- talk a little bit about your background before we get into the
1: specifics of this.
3: Um, sure. Um, well, I, you know. You want to go to college, like I went to Vanderbilt uh, okay. in Nashville. Elementary
1: school, I thought yeah. we'd start cool. there. I grew up <laughs> in Chicago.
3: Um, but I went to Vanderbilt, um, undergrad, um, degree in economics, and worked in sales for a few years and got into computer training sales, which mm-hmm. really kind of opened the door for me to the sort of digital technology world. Um, and then moved, moved around to a couple of cities, but I started here, Georgia State, um, in project management office.
1: So you were you were working here at Georgia State, or mm-hmm. you you went, you didn't go back to school here? Well,
3: no, I uh, well I'm, I'm in school here now <laughs> now. Uh, but yeah, I went back to Vanderbilt after a couple of years and got a master's in education and technology. Um, I was the first person in that that major um because it didn't really exist it, this was right. like 1999 um before it was cool before yeah yeah before it was cool so then you know, moved around in minneapolis and um moved to atlanta about 10 years ago for a job no i Just, moved here i was consulting so mm-hmm. i was sort of i could live anywhere a, right um and it was cold in minneapolis
1: <laughs> did you notice that
3: yes seven years was enough <laughs> right um so moved here and it, but it was right during the recession And um, sort of, you know, networked my way around and got some consulting gigs and um, had a a baby. And when the baby was about a year old, I was like, okay, I need a job um, and applied to Georgia State. And it was really the first job that I ever actually like applied to and got the job because most of my jobs were conversations.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. So now uh, when Phil said this digital learners to leaders program Um, What was your vision of that?
3: Well, initially, you know, I worked as the project manager on the digital literacy initiative when when Phil first started at um, Georgia State about five years ago. And that was right. I think at the same time we were starting um, the consolidation with Perimeter. So I was in the PMO and we were developing. We had one department and I don't even want to get into all the names because it's we're now we're the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning. Um, but my direct supervisor, Julian, uh, Dr. Julian Allen, he was, you know, asked me to be part of this project because I told him, look, as you're developing, as Phil's developing projects, I want to work with students. I want to do more than just the. You know, the IT projects, which right. were great, but I was already a few years into those. Um, so we started working on the DLI, Digital Literacy Initiative, and the Perimeter, the whole consolidation with Perimeter was going on. So that was like and a thousand that, that projects. That wasn't a
1: little thing. That, that was, was a huge.
3: That was huge. So um, CETL was created, and so I sort of took the DLI as like sort of a carryover project and then developed a team within CETL learning community development
1: and then so then um what was your vision of putting your stamp on things
3: well I mean when when Julian and Phil were creating Cedo, I was really looking for gaps and that was sort of my premise like you know where they've got all these teams but where can I fit in and Julian was like what do you want to do and I'm like well you know I love I've always been into community development and I love learning and technology. So let me figure out
1: how to marry all those, <laughs> how together. to marry them
3: all together and put, to, you know, put a plan together and pitch that to to Julian and Phil. And that was about four years ago.
1: And then so where are you at now with this?
3: So now we are four years down the road. We've had some really successful grant projects. So Digital Learners to Leaders is one of those grant projects. Uh, we're funded by the Silicon Valley Community Foundation through Cisco Social Responsibility. Um, we are two years into that grant, so we'll be starting our third cohort this, um, this fall in about a month. Um, so we're just getting ready and, you know, trying to build the program, scale it, and really take the program and make it into a university level course. So that it could be offered. So that's
1: know. the ultimate goal.
3: I think so. I think to to make it a core, so that you know we're not dependent on grants mm-hmm. to keep it going, because it's it's been really successful. Annette is here as one of the students, you know, who've participated. You've you've interviewed another one of our students, Nicole Tool. Um, so we want to we want to see it grow.
1: And then, how uh, are you defining success? What are you high fiving each other uh, at the end of the day with this?
3: Um, I think success is having students come out of the program confident with the tools to sort of bridge this college to career experience and be able to replicate what we taught them and do it over and over and over again. So that's like design thinking, being able to solve a problem.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you find that to be a big gap?
3: I do. I do. I do. I think the the college to career is a big gap for Mm -hmm. students. You know, they take courses and then they're trying to get jobs, but they don't always know, you know, how to how to talk about themselves, how to market themselves, how to um, build a portfolio to show like what they really know.
1: And then to demonstrate it in a digital manner. Is that
3: yeah, that's de- definitely important. As Phil spoke about the sort of being a consumer versus a producer. Right. We a want creator. them. You yeah, need a more cre- creators. Exactly. Than,
1: than consumers.
3: Exactly. We need them to be on the other side, developing those tools mm-hmm. and um, developing those technologies, especially given, you know, who our population of students are at Georgia State university and how successful we've been closing the achievement gap in um you know between the different um races of students white students black students uh female students um so refugee students refugee students as well uh, Latino students so we, we don't have those gaps here. Right. So it's important that you know those students have the skills to to build um to be builders.
1: And then who did you bring with you?
3: I brought Annette Owusu, oh, right? I'm going to make sure I say it right. <laughs> and that's um, a great story because she went through Digital Learners to Leaders twice. Twice. She, she liked it so much. Yes. <laughs> she came back from more pain. Um, but she was a learner. So we have two roles in the program. Learners are just you know participants in the program. Mm. And we have leaders. And so they're essentially like a project manager of a team of college students.
1: But so it's she, built from within. So they're the leaders come from the learners?
3: Not necessarily. Some leaders apply and just become leaders just based on their skill set. You know, we feel that they're strong, they can hold a team together, and they can really, um, you know, see it through. Then, you know, many students came in just as leaders. Uh, well, five. We started with five students originally, but she was a learner um, and then came back in the second co- cohort to become a leader.
1: So, Annette, t- tell us about your journey here.
2: Um, So I started out actually as a biology major. So I was doing bio and I completely hated it. So Um,
1: in high school, you thought this was...
2: I was the president of the healthcare club. (laughs) Yes.
1: So that was your in your head. You thought, this is where I'm going to be.
2: As a first generation Ghanaian American, my parents told me at the age of 10... Oh, they told you. I was going to be an anesthesiologist.
1: (laughs) Oh, so they already mapped this out for you.
2: I knew exactly what I was going to do. But actually, when I was in college doing it... I hated it. I shadowed doctors. I fi- figured out I hated needles, blood, all of it.
1: So how was that conversation with your parents like? Um,
2: it's still in the works. <laughs> we're, still, we're working through that. <laughs> we're still working. Well, now through. you're getting
1: the tools from this program, yes, right? Yes, they <laughs> see
2: that I'm happier and I'm actually doing more things. So right. they're they're more okay with it, but uh-huh. they still want me to go back to be a doctor. So that
1: was a hard conversation.
2: A very hard one. Uh-huh. Very hard. I. As an African parent, you want your child to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, and that kind of doesn't fit following your dreams. And stuff. Right.
1: So America kind of messed you up a little bit there. It's okay.
2: <laughs> now I'm happy. So right. it's all good.
1: So now, um, how'd you find out about this program?
2: So I just got an email randomly. Just from, randomly? Yes. And I was just, I was so
1: complacent
2: Frustrated. with being in this cycle of biology, home, crying myself to sleep. Right. So uh, when I saw Digital Leaders to Learners and I saw that they were um, willing to teach y- young minorities about technology, I was like, okay, why not? Well, what
1: I, what part of that resonated with you? What what part of that story kind of um, stuck?
2: I always had a niche for technology. I was always good at fixing things, working on the computer, but I never wanted to be like a developer. And that's all I knew about technology. Right. So when I thought, of, when I heard about different avenues in technology, I went, it for didn't it.
1: occur to you prior.
2: No, I didn't know anything about other, right. other than developing.
1: And then, so then you hear about, so I guess you go to a meeting or you I went just to applied. a website. You just, I just applied. Wow. Moment. So you took action. You didn't just, yeah, just think about it. You went for it.
2: Yeah. I was applying, looking for an organization to join and, mm-hmm. I just saw DLL, and I was like, okay, why not? What I don't know. Maybe it was God telling me. But, yeah, I just applied. Okay, so you go. So first,
1: was there a meeting or an event or so something? So
2: we did have the first cohort, and um, I was I didn't know anything about technology. So I was just sitting there by myself, and I was on you a team. You didn't know it?
1: You weren't having any, any friends? I didn't have any friends.
2: I just went, and I was on a team, and my team lead was Joel, and he was so amped about virtual reality, and I – Never really heard of vit- virtual reality, right. and it was amazing. I was just mind blown of virtual reality, different aspects of technology, project management. I just didn't know, and my eyes were open to a whole different world.
1: And then, so then, what happened from there?
2: So, after learning about virtual reality, how um, long
1: were you learning?
2: I was learning for one course, which was just one semester that, um, a
1: whole semester, though. yeah, for that. This semester, was one class. In your curriculum, okay.
2: well, it wasn't a class. We um had certain sprints on Saturdays that we. Oh, will, this
1: was extracurricular.
2: Yeah, so within our own time, our team of it was like a team of eight. We would have to put time in our schedule and meet with each other right. on campus in the library. Where you, is
1: this a meeting you were looking forward to or dreading?
2: Um, no, I was never dreading it because it was it was cool being in a studio, a virtual reality studio right. where they have different innovators that create. Different things like advertising. But Avatar. you were doing stuff
1: you never even considered no, in your life. But it
2: was so cool. So Aren't you got Alex caught cool? up yeah. in it. Yeah, I got caught up in it and I was willing to learn um anything about it. So I learned some C Sharp. I learned how to work, um build e- environments in Unreal Engine. And I was still a biology major at that right. time developing these things. So we created a virtual reality simulation that taught young adults financial literacy because we know that college students, we know nothing about credit, credit scores, saving, right. and that was a big So
1: that resonated, mission. that mission resonated with exactly. you, right? Yes. And you're like, okay, I can help people.
2: Yes, and I knew that um, in that aspect or within that project, I can give my input, and, and they're being te- heard. Yes, and, and you- they can teach me a little bit about virtual reality right. as well. So and then
1: you were kind of a prospect for this service too, right? Yes. You can relate to it. Yes, exactly. You're going through the same thing.
2: Exactly. So and awesome. then,
1: um, so how was had Tiffany do?
2: Tiffany was awesome. <laughs> She's she is awesome. <laughs>
1: What about Phil? Did you know him? I didn't didn't know know Phil, but
2: I knew he was a big deal. (laughs) Everybody knew that.
1: (laughs) So now, uh, so you went through it that one time. Mm -hmm. And then what was the end point? Like, did you actually make something?
2: Yes, we did. We came up with a whole simulation. We presented it at the end of our presentation. We were a, had a group hug and we were in tears. <laughs> You're almost. crying, right? Yes, because it it's was a big, a big project. Right. And we executed it and it came out beautiful. And you
1: created something from nothing.
2: Yes, exactly. Right. It was that's, awesome.
1: That's kind of cool. huh? Yeah.
2: And it was our names on it. We were the creators and we were planning to take it as far as we can.
1: So what did your parents think of that?
2: My parents are like, what's virtual reality? That's nice. Not impressed. <laughs> not impressed. <laughs> right.
1: And you're like, this is really cool. Yeah, they and, could tell that uh-huh. I
2: really loved it, but right. they were not impressed at the moment.
1: Right, not yet. So then what made you do this again?
2: Um. So while I was in my team, I was the almost like the mom of the group. I was... Oh, is everyone? Are you good? Do you need help with anything? Even though sometimes I couldn't really help, I was always making sure everyone was on track and that things were going well. Because so. you
1: wanted it to go well,
2: of course. Well, but, not of course.
1: There's plenty of people that are just going along for yeah, the ride. there
2: will be slackers. <laughs> right. But yeah, I was there to, <laughs> I was things, there to put them in place the and make sure we are we're on track. Done, right. Yes. So, so with that experience, or with that going through that. I knew that I could possibly be a leader and I could probably make a good one, hopefully.
1: So then at that point, you, you realized that you were leading,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Yes. But you wanted kind of more to formalize the, the leadership and learn more about how to be a good leader. Yes, and, and through that
2: court, I, heard, I learned about project management. So it was like, so, okay, I think I like this. I think this is what I'm doing right now.
1: Right, so I am managing this project. So then uh, that changed the track of maybe where you were in yeah. your education.
2: Yes, I had a mid college crisis. <laughs> well, no, I, and, uh, <laughs>
1: entrepreneurs call that pivoting. So you pivoted. <laughs> yes, major. <laughs> and then so now at this point, you're like, I'm going to kind of reassess where I'm at. And then now I'm going to maybe go in a different direction. And now this is where the parents' hard conversation came in.
2: Right. I kind of dragged my feet a bit. <laughs> to. <laughs> so you actually-
1: started taking classes or you weren't? Even yes, sneaking I, in extra project I started, management.
2: Yeah, I started taking more like a technology class. I took right. info, um, intro to information technology, and I was like, okay, I really I can could do, do this, this. <laughs> right? And I try to trick myself. Maybe I want to do IT healthcare, <laughs> right? Um, informatics, <laughs> and I slowly started started talking to my parents more about the organization they're like okay can't you make money from this like how is this going to work out so um eventually i just was took that leap of faith and changed my major and now mm. I'm a computer information systems major
1: and then so this uh DLL was important part of this whole evolution
2: a tremendous <laughs> the the pivot it was the reason why if i never was in DLL I would have stuck through and been a
3: biology major and and be miserable. Yes, exactly.
1: So what do you think of that impact? Tiffany?
3: I'm kind of having chills. <laughs> I mean, it's, you hope when you build something that it will work, you know, cause a lot of what we're doing is it's grounded in research. You know, we're, you know, I'm a scholar, Et cetera, and have some experience also advising a technology student organization called Panther Hackers. And, but many of, you know, many of the sort of pieces and parts of DLL had some origins in just watching and observing those students and Panther hackers, but they are student orgs. So you can't really like tell them what to do. Right. You can suggest strongly. It's like, lead, called leadership. Right. <laughs> um, But, but one, I really wanted to have a program where I knew I could put students through certain paces to get the outcome to sort of merge that, that gap between, you know, college to career, to really have a focus on community that they have to create a digital tool that impacts a social or community issue. And, you know, when we wrote the grant, we wrote it in that, oh, we'd have these companies that we work with and they'd offer challenges. But just the timing was sort of out of sync. Um, So we were like, well, let's just let the students figure out, figure it out. Hey, let's let's hope it works. Right. And and it did. I mean, her team with with um, Joel Mack was the leader of that team and they created financial VR reality. And now Joel is like. You know, all big time and CMII, mm-hmm. and he's like doing films, and he's his motion capture expert. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just gone and done so many incredible things as well. So, you know, just to see their impact and, and to hear them say it, it's it's very affirming.
1: Now, Phil, is that your vision? Is as a chief innovation officer, isn't this the outcome you desire? Right, you want to give them kind of the space and
0: the autonomy and
1: use the resources that you all provide.
0: Absolutely. Our our key goal as a university overall is student success. You know, one of the great things, um, and you hear this in Annette's story, is, you know, it, it's – it's not a metric, you know, a number on a piece of paper, you know, when you can see the actual results that students are having and the success that they're having and, and how it's impacting their lives and the lives of their families and the loved ones. You know, there's nothing more rewarding than that, right? And so many people talk about meaningful work, but this is, you know, in my career, the most meaningful work I've ever done.
1: Right, because you're seeing the impact.
0: Absolutely. The only thing that that I really don't like is I've been here five years and I've gotten older, but the students haven't.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing you're really not going to like is when you're going to have to talk to Annette's parents. Yeah, (laughs) she's she's doing it. What she's doing is okay. I think I can handle it. All right, so you can now call him. Yes, I'll direct him right over. (laughs) So now, what's next? How do you see this thing progressing?
3: Um, well, we are about to start our interviews for our leaders for this third cohort. Um, so our, our applications for leaders ended last Friday and learners stay open till I think the 21st or right. something like that. Um, so we'll be interviewing probably 30 different students um, to figure out the five that will be leaders for this next cohort. We're also in the process of writing grants um, to expand the program, to do an evaluation, you know, solid research um, study of the program to see why it's successful, um, looking at expand. We also have a summer camp so we, we did a week-long summer camp with 65 middle school and high school students. Middle school, students. start them,
1: yeah, right. Yes,
3: you, you have to. I mean, we got a right. pipeline, right? Um, so we did the summer, summer, summer camp. So we're going to expand that. And we also want to create a teacher institute because, you know, to really impact digital literacy, you know, say in the city, if, you, if teachers don't know anything and right. have no digital literacy, then, you know. Then be hard. they can't teach it. Right. So we basically want to put them through the same program we put the students through. They make a project and then they come back as a second layer and work on curriculum development. So we're, we're writing a grant for that.
1: Now, Annette, any advice for the students? Like how would you pitch this to students to get involved in this program?
2: So students that are starting out in CIS, um, I think is a great avenue to get internships. So if uh, most People or most students at Georgia State, you know, internships, since we're in the city, that's what everyone's trying to go towards. So this organization looks great on your resume. It teaches you more than you'll learn in the classroom because you're actually working on projects mm-hmm. and you have something to show forth. So if you want something to show forth to get those jobs and get those internships, I would join you DLL.
1: But also, uh, what about the pitch to people who aren't in a technology or digital kind of major? there's still a place for this organization.
2: Definitely. Right? So technology is everywhere and is in every aspect of the world. Like you said, so like um, our kids have cell phones in their hand. That's right. They They're already using you. the stuff. Exactly. So if you learn more about it, you will be, you'll be able to be in any role in any environment. And so, and so that's the
1: important part to consider is it's not just coders.
2: No, not at technology all. Technology
1: is much broader than that. And, Way broader. And the, and the skills that you have might be, might fit. Exactly. It just open your mind to it and learn about it.
2: Exactly. There's always room to learn. And with that um, blend of technology and those specialized um, other majors that are out there, it'll be great.
0: Tiffany, how many majors do we have represented in DLL right now?
3: In the last cohort, we had 33.
1: Wow. So it's touching everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. To your point. Mm -hmm. So Phil, if somebody wanted to learn more or Tiffany, who's the appropriate person to kind of give the coordinates of if they want to get involved in the program. Sure.
3: Um, Our website is innovation.gsu.edu backslash DLL -hmm. for digital learners to leaders. You can Google us and we're all over social. So everywhere.
1: It's DLL or digital learners to to leaders. leaders. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the program. Mm hmm. And then if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, the coordinates for you, is it LinkedIn? LinkedIn
3: is great. Um, Use it a lot. Tiffany Green Abdullah on LinkedIn and yeah. And
1: then Phil, I know you don't want people to get a hold of you, right?
0: Now. No, actually, <laughs> um, the website that Tiffany mentioned, innovation.gsu.edu, is is the website for my organization. Uh, my blog is there. My contact information—you can email me directly um, through that that link. And so, no, it's it's all publicly available.
1: All right. And then Annette, if somebody wants to hire you or or give you an internship, where can they find you?
2: They can find me on LinkedIn, Annette Owusu.
1: Good stuff. Well, thank you all for sharing your story. It's important work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. and we will see you all next time on GSU ENI Radio.